Look at you. Hold your hand up like this. Okay, I want you all to know something about your spiritual life. I want your spiritual life to be like your hand right now. What finger stands above all the rest? Which one? The middle one. Did you have to tell your middle finger to stand up above the rest? No. Why does it do it? Because God made it that way. Guys, did you know God made you a certain way? He created you in His image. And you are to stand above the crowd. You are not to waver and to be like everybody else. Look what Paul said in verse 4 and 5. And do not miss this text. That each one of you, this is an individual responsibility. Each one of you need to know how to possess your own, the word vessel there means body. And he says, in sanctification, there's that word again, set apart unto God and honor. Honor God, reverence God. So you are to set your body apart with honor and reverence, where? To God. Not in what? Lustful passion like who? The Gentiles who do not know God. So here's the question for you guys. Are Christians to look different than non-Christians in the world? Yes or no? Absolutely. Do you think that's what's happening in today's world? Yes or no? We're blending, aren't we? Why do you think so many of your friends don't want to know your Jesus? Why do you think so many of your friends don't want to come to this school? Why do you think the public school is not getting blowing up for Christ? Because nobody's seeing an authentic model of Jesus's. We're not making Christ fun. We're, making, we're throwing the water on the fires of lust and saying, Oh, we don't get to do sex. We don't get to do anything. I'm just miserable. Are y'all really miserable? Because the last I saw, that staying out of sin made me happy, gave me joy, gave me peace. What I last saw that sin did is it gave me anxiety and worry and misfortune. That's what I saw. But it's owning the understanding of what it is. I am standing above the crowd, and here's two things in it. The only way you can ever do these things right there is, number one, you've got to be secure in yourself. Girls, I'm saying this right to you today. You've got to be secure in yourself, that you can't worry what anybody else in the world thinks. Guys, you've got to be secure enough in yourself to say, you know what, everybody else may say they're doing it, but I'm not doing it. I'm going to save myself for my wife in marriage only, and I'm not going to even buy the lie of all this other stuff. I'm not going too far. And I'm secure, and girls... Don't date a guy that is not secure in his relationship with God. If you want to date a guy, guys, you want to date a girl, and you can't ask them who they're discipling, then probably don't spend time with them, dating them. Y'all follow me? Because if you date someone that's not investing in someone else, they're going to take ownership of you. Y'all follow me on that? You're not married. And a lot of times we get in relationships and we treat each other like we're married. We get jealous, we get frustrated, and there's such an ownership. And Callie and I would sit and spend hours talking. She said, Daddy, it hurts so bad. He was talking to another girl today. And I said, let's look at what love is. Love is not jealous. Callie, what I've got to help you is to be secure enough in yourself that you don't care who he talks to. Y'all follow me there? And she goes, Dad, that makes so much sense. Thank you for helping me with that. I said, but until you're secure in yourself, you're going to worry what he's doing. But, sweetie, you've got to love him enough to let him free to do whatever he does. 1 John 4 says, Perfect love casts out all fear. There is no fear in perfect love. Y'all follow me on that? We don't need to worry about losing something maybe we never needed to have. And so many of us are afraid of losing a relationship that's not healthy for us. Am I standing above the crowd? Am I secure in my relationship with God? Am I secure in myself? Those are key. Y'all follow me there? Make sense? 
Now look at this one. This is going to be really good. Next one. R. Paul writes this, and look how he writes it. This is so good to see. He says, and that no man transgress. The word transgress means stepping over a boundary you shouldn't step over. That no man should step over something they shouldn't step over and defraud. That means create an image that's wrong. Okay? An image of wrong. Defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger in all these things. Just as I told you before and I solemnly warned you. Paul says, I warned you guys. Don't transgress another. Don't defraud another. Don't take something that's not yours. Don't act like you didn't do something when you did do it. Don't defraud them. Don't say, I'm a Christian, and you don't live like a Christ-centered man. Amen? But if you've messed up in this room, you can say, hey, that's called reconciled. I'm marching. I stop. I repent. Repentance doesn't mean that you'll never sin again. Repentance means though you know now who you've hurt. I know I've hurt God. I'm turning away. I'm not going to continue doing what I've done. I've given my whole life to God. I may sin again, but it's not my norm. Are y'all with me on that? And I'm reconciling. There may be somebody in this room that need to go to someone in this room that you've defiled, that you've, that you've defrauded, that you've transgressed, and you need to say, I am so sorry I have messed with you wrongly. That wasn't right, and I was warned by this of the Word of God. I should not do those things. And so, you know, the thing that we've got to recognize is this. On this finger right here, I recognize my responsibility. So I go like this. Should I get involved in this relationship? Yes or no? Have I set myself apart to personal homes, right? Am I standing by the crowd? Now, look at your left finger. What do you wear on that? What do I wear on this finger right here? What is that called? A wedding ring. What does that wedding ring mean? That I am committed to one person for all of my life. Y'all with me on that? I'm committed. And I'm willing to do everything for that woman. I'm going to please her, nurture her, cherish her all the days of my life. And so this ring right here is Joshua 189, and it talks about that I'm going to be strong and courageous for her. But I'm going to be strong and courageous for her as I'm being strong and courageous for God. Okay? So here, I'm going to treat my wife with honor because I'm not going to transgress or defraud her. I'm not going to say one thing and do another. I'm going to live a life above reproach. Are y'all with me on that? Are y'all living a life above reproach? Are your boundaries set? And are you living a life that's above the reproach that you go, wow, I'm doing it right? And are you living a life of trust? Can you be trusted? Callie and Cameron would bring a ton of folks on Friday night over after football games. And our house was like the Teeson house. It was just 30, 40 kids in our living room. And it was so awesome. And they're playing games. And I mean, it was so much fun. And I never once worried about anything because I trusted my kids. And I knew they were men and women of honor. And I wasn't worried about Cameron going too far with a girl. Never once did I ever have to say it to Callie. Never once, because they were honorable. Their boundaries are set. Now, and by the way, you may have blown it in this area before, but you can always develop. This is something that you can discipline yourself. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. 1 Timothy 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you. But such is common to man as God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to endure, but he will provide a way of escape. Amen? So guys, you've got a way of escape. God gives you that. But you've got to run and escape living life of trust. Let me give you an example here. Y'all ready? Gordon knows I've been telling this story for a long time. It happened at camp a long time ago. There was this couple that were in love. I mean in love. Just sick, gooey in love. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
And they were at a house, and, and they were, you know, just so ooey, and, and, and he proposed to her, and they're going to get married in about, you know, six months. And it's just a great relationship, you thought. And one day, it's the girl's birthday. And the girl is in the house, and mom comes up and says, Sweetie, we're so excited about celebrating your birthday. And the girl's going, Oh, mom, I can't wait. It's so awesome. And, and the mom says to the daughter, Sweetie, but I got some bad news. What is it, mom? Well, your dad has a business meeting, and we got to go to this business meeting tonight. Can we celebrate your birthday tomorrow? What do y'all say? Is that okay? Sure. You go, Sure. Okay. Kind of excited, but that's okay. Well, so the mother and the daddy start to walk out the door, and they stop. And turned to the daughter and said, sweetie, I just put some clothes, a very expensive blouse, in the dryer. In about 15 minutes or so, the alarm's going to go off. Will you please go down and will you put the clothes on a hanger and hang it up for me? Yes, mom, get out of here. Sweetie, will you? Yes, go. Y'all know how you do? You're, you, now you roll your eyes. And so the mom walks out. And so the mom walks, the dad gets the car, they drive off. And, and the daughter and the boyfriend, fiance, they're sitting on the couch. And they're just kind of sitting there for a second. All of a sudden, they start going, mm. he kind of reaches over. A little comfort. Pulls it over. Mm, baby. Mm, okay? And before long, man, they are, I mean, they're, they're tight and heavy. Don't take your mind there too much. Okay? They're just about to do something that's going to be awful. That's called sex. Before marriage. It's going to be awful. But right before they do, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 comes to life. They hear, the buzzer of the dryer. Y'all with me? And the guy doesn't want to stop. But the girl goes, my mom will know something's up. This is wrong. I know it's wrong. God always provides a way of escape. He gets up. He's frustrated. They're in their birthday suits. They walk over to the basement. They open the basement door and they walk down and they turn on the light to turn, take the clothes out of the dryer. And when they did, they hear, surprise! And it was a surprise birthday party. And there was their mother, their daddy, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, pastor, all their friends. There's a hundred people in the basement. And they go, surprise! Now, let me ask y'all a question. Stop right there. Go, ah! Okay, scream it out. Scream it out. Ah! Okay, now, let me ask y'all a question. Do y'all feel what they should be feeling? Are y'all going... Dude, they should have had that happen. Or you're going, I can't believe it. You see, I want you to go, that was wrong. They should have been caught. Are y'all following me there? But you know what? So often in the movie, we're taught, we're taught to go, it's, oh, I wish they weren't caught. That's so bad. They loved each other so much. Yes, if they loved each other so much, they should have waited. But so often, because they're not living a life of trust and they're not honoring, will overstep boundaries. Y'all follow me? Guys, when you get in a relationship in this group, if any of you ever started dating, you need to be going, you need to say to the girl or to the guy, I am to be trusted. I will live a life above reproach. I will be honorable. Amen? And if you don't say that, girls don't date him and guys don't date her. But guys, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but I'm saying you've got to have a standard that you're not going to transgress or defraud each other in this matter. Because when you understand this, the Lord is the avenger. Don't miss that. That means he's a just God. I don't know what that means. I've really wrestled with that passage. I don't mean that you're going to get, you know, AIDS or whatever. I don't know. People go, Chancy, what do you think that avenger means? I don't know. Could it mean that you suffer? Could be. Could be that you break up. Could be that you have uh, memories in your brain that forever plague you. I don't know. But the issue, when you see that word avenger, you go, wow, that's serious. Because we just learned back in verse 3, 
This is the will of God. And the will of God is that we abstain from sexual immoralities. And that we know that the Lord is the avenger and that we don't defraud and we don't transgress a brother or sister in this matter. Amen? Y'all follow me here? Make sense? So don't make it look okay because it all seemed good when they were walking down those stairs, that couple, until they did what? Until they turned on the light. And Paul said it best in Ephesians 5.11. He says, all things become visible when exposed by the light. And your sin will become visible when exposed by the light. Let me share with you another story. I believe that so many people are falling victim to this because they're going, you know what? God made me this way. Y'all follow me on this? That's just the way I am. Well, guys, I'm going to tell you something. According to chapter 1 of Genesis, God made male and female. And he said, let us make man in our image. In the image of God, he made male and female. I don't see enough, and I have friends focused on the family. The guy that runs their homosexual division is a guy named Mike Haley. He's a very dear friend of mine. And Mike was an 18-year homosexual that got out of it because he realized, he goes, Chancey, I was so angry at anybody ever talked about homosexuality. And he said, I got so he said, I was so lost and so miserable that finally one day I cried out to God and I repented and I reconciled. I went to my parents. I went to all the people that I had messed with. And he said, I had to tell them this is wrong and that God didn't make me that way according to the scriptures. And everybody said that I told them that. They said, shut up. God made us that way. Y'all follow me that? But do me a favor real quick and turn to Romans chapter one because I want to show you something. Romans chapter one. This is very, very, very important to you guys because transgressing and defrauding a brother some people don't think they're transgressing or defrauding a brother today because they don't think it's sin. They go, homosexuality is not sin. And I go, you know what? Once again, I'm never going to tell anybody of any kind of sin what I think. That's called an opinion. Y'all follow me on that? Romans 3.23 says what? For all have what? Sin and what? Fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is turned off. I think it's a shame that we're not loving people enough to tell them the truth. We're letting people say that that's just the way they are when God says that's not the way they are. That's not my opinion. That's the conviction of God. Don't blame me. Blame God. I'm always going to put the onus on God. Now, look at Romans 1, and I'm going to show y'all. Let's look at first, verse 18. Verse 18, Romans 1, 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, that's all, and unrighteousness of men who suppress Truth in unrighteousness. What they do is suppress, means push away, push under, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, and His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what He has made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him, as God, or give thanks. But they became futile in their own speculations, and foolish heart was darkened. By professing to be wise, they became fools. And they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image of the form of a corruptible man, and of birds, and of four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. So what they've done is they made graven images. They say, we're no longer going to worship one God. We're going to worship these images. And look what he says next in verse 24. He says, therefore, God gave them over in their lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worshiped and they served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever and ever. 
For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandoned the natural way. Also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are not worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they give hearty approval to those who practice them. Now, guys, Paul goes to great means there to help us understand something. They exchange the natural for the unnatural. Y'all with me on that? And they begin to do what they thought was right in their own minds. Don't miss that because when people want to tell you that homosexuality is okay, homosexuality is like any other sin. Are y'all following me? I don't qualify sins. Sin is sin. Lie is a lie. It, it separates us from God. Stealing is a sin. Murder is a sin. There's different consequences that our government has set up. Some may be capital punishment, depending on what you believe on that, according to Genesis. But the issue is that God has set up an order through the authority of there's different consequences to what we do. But Paul here says, and I don't want you to miss it, God is the avenger that they transgress and defraud his brother in this matter. Meaning, that's any sexual act with guy with girl or guy with guy or girl with girl. It's any way that you put it. It's called transgression. It's called defraud. Y'all follow me? And therefore, God is the avenger. And they begin to worship and serve the what? Creature rather than the creator. Very closely related, but have eternal differences in the outcome. Let me give an example. Just recently, Missouri has a guy on their team, Michael Sam. Have y'all heard of this? Michael Sam is a linebacker. And Michael Sam, last August, before the season started, they had a meeting. And Michael Sam goes, I want everybody to know on the Missouri football team, I am gay. Michael Sam has a huge past of, of, of abuse and horrible things happened to him growing up. And so because of all those things, he has chosen a lifestyle, okay? So after he says this to the team, he walks over to Cameron and says, hey, preacher boy, Cameron, come here. Cameron walks over and says, hey, Cam, what do you think? And Cam said, Michael, you are a beast. You are a bad man. You are a teammate. I love you. I would, I would lay my life in front of someone trying to get to you because we've been so brothers in football. Y'all with me on that? But he says, Michael, I got to help you something. You cannot be defined by your sin. Y'all understand what Cameron just said. I can't say and call your name and say that you are Keith, the immoral guy. Your sin cannot define you. Michael Sam said, Cameron, that's, I'll think about that. And since that moment, Cameron is the only guy on the team that has cared enough about Michael Sam to tell him the truth. 
Guys, don't let truth be something that gets void in your life because you go, I'm so afraid of being rejected. What if I'm wrong? Guys, you're not trying to express an opinion. And I'm not condemning anybody. Are y'all following me? I love everybody, and I want everybody to know my Jesus. But my God doesn't say he created anybody gay. Are y'all following me? He says, I made man in my image. In the image of God, I made male and female. If God would have made, and he says, it's unnatural. And he says that I am the avenger. God takes a little sin, which there is no such thing as a little sin, because all sin separates us from God. Are y'all following me? And we've got to be bold enough to convict the world to turn from sin to Christ who forgives sin. Amen? That's called repentance. Amen? When I watched Cameron do that and to watch the relationship he has with Michael Sam now, it's unbelievable. And how many guys on the team have come to Cameron and they don't say you're a gay basher? Because Cameron's not bashing gays. I would never bash anybody for any sin that they commit because all I know is I know the answer to get anybody out of their sin. Amen? And to wash them white as snow. Is it easy? No. But is it worth it to you? I'm watching kids come to me and say, Chancey, my daddy's gay. My mama's gay. What do you think? I say, it really doesn't matter what I think. I said, but if your parents were sitting with me, I'd walk them through the scriptures, not trying to convict them, but I would show them what John 3.16 says. You notice what I didn't say? What Romans 1 says. Because I'm not concerned about Romans 1 yet at this time when I'm talking to people about being gay. Because you know what my God is? For God so what? Loved who? The world. That he gave what? His only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Guys, we need to quit bashing people and love people. People don't want to know your Jesus until they know you love them. Amen? And we've got to do this. I'm almost done. The K, look at this. The K is you've got to keep it fun. The K, just write this down, keep it fun. Because the thing about, you know, when you look at verse 6, let me take you to First Thess, and I'll show you that next verse. For God has not called you for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. The key here of keeping it fun is that God has called you for a purpose. And guys, I don't know, but you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2. What does Romans 12, 1 and 2 say? Y'all remember? It's one of the favorite verses that you could ever memorize. Anybody know? To me, this verse is so helpful to you guys right now. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's going to talk about a high priest. What does he tell us to do there? Present your bodies as what? A living and holy sacrifice to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Isn't that amazing? So your body is a living and holy sacrifice to God. And look what he says in verse 2. That you may prove what the will of God is. The way you prove what the will of God is, that which is honorable, acceptable, and perfect, what do you do? You're not conformed to the world, but you're transformed. That means your mind has changed. Guys, there may be some of you in your day that your mind has been caught up into pornography, you could have done a lot of things, and you haven't been keeping it too much fun because you've been caught up into, into having fun that you forgot to be righteous. And guys, I want you to know that God is a God of forgiveness. And don't be conformed, but be transformed. And the last thing, and here's how I'll close. The end is a recognition for nothing physical. That you make a commitment, nothing physical until marriage. And what I mean by that, guys, and I'll go so specific as this. So many people are telling you to today's world, you know, masturbation and all those things. Hey, it's okay. Guys, I'm telling you, Philippians 4.8 says this. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellence, whatever is worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on those things. I do not know how you can do those things if I'm dwelling on those things. Are y'all with me on that? So 
I want you guys nothing physical. He rejects this. Verse 8 says, is not rejecting man, but who is he rejecting? God, who gave his Holy Spirit to you. Guys, the only way through your sin is to understand the Holy Spirit and his significance in your life. Nothing physical. What it does, when you say to another person, there will be nothing physical in our relationship, it takes the pressure off, you have no regrets. What's found is real joy, peace, happiness, and the fulfillment of life that pleases and honors God. Amen? And when you get married and you stand before that other person, you don't have to go, I need to tell you about some other relationship. Guys, I hope you stand there and you go, you know what? I have saved myself for you. Amen?